Hey guys, this is John and Austin. And this is another episode of the Meat Gistics podcast. So where do you want to start off with the bad news? Yeah, let's start with bad news. Okay. Do you want to walk us through it? Oh, okay. My bad news. Uh, yeah. So our Meatgistics app got removed from the Google Play Store. Um, got a nice little notice about a week ago. Um, first got it and I'm like, usually I get stuff from like the, the Google Play developer stuff and I just, I ignore it. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't really care. And I was about to delete it. And I, all of a sudden I was like, Ooh, I need, I need to read this. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, uh, they removed us because we have user generated content and they claim that we don't have a way or process to report content users or allow things to be removed or block, um, which we do. We definitely, um, we have all of that. We do it. We delete and block users all the time. Um, if it's a spam account or yep. something that's just, I mean, it's maybe a real person, but it's definitely someone there for not meat processing of some sort. Um, but um, Google deems us non-compliant. I don't know that I want to fight it and try to put get us put back on. Um, we'll see. I haven't really completely decided yet, but it is making me rethink, re rethink a little bit of like long term. Do we want to do we want to try to push? more of an app. We still never created our iOS app. Um, and, uh, so now I'm stuck in a spot where I'm like, I don't, I don't know that I want to devote a whole lot of time to that. If we're going to have to bend to Google or whichever other company and whatever their quote unquote policy is, even though I look at it and I feel like it's, it's pretty straightforward that we're meeting what they want. But I think, I think a lot of it goes back to censorship in general. And are we going to abide by someone else's terms and somebody else's rules? And I don't really want to, I, I want to play by my own rules and I feel like we play by fair rules. It's not like we're cheating or doing something wrong. Um, but we can do a lot more just through having a web app and not having like a play store app. And technically we can, we could, we can still publish apps out there that people can use. You just wouldn't be able to get it through the play store, which it's usually recommended like, Hey, only install apps from uh, a trusted location. Um, Cause you can, there are people that make really bad malicious stuff out there. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, if you know who you're downloading it from, I feel like everyone could trust us, but how, you does, would how does somebody new that doesn't know who we are know that we're legit? I mean, it could be that type of thing, but. Well, I don't think people who are not Meatristics users would be looking to download the Meatristics app. Well, yeah, somebody, right. I think it'd be somebody who's been on the site for a while and wants a more convenient way of communicating on their cell phone. Yeah, that's true. Because I always use the app. So anyone who has the app is not going away. It will still work. Um, it's just new people can't get it. Uh -huh. At some point, if we do decide to go forward, we will put it on Waltons.com or Meatgistics or somewhere where people can download it. Um, but I think what they want is a way for users to report stuff. So not like us report stuff, but for them. Oh, yeah. Users, users can report stuff. How can they report stuff? I don't, I don't know. There's a report button somewhere. I forget exactly where it is, but it, it, it's not, re, it's not always listed as like report. It's like flag. So things can get flagged. I get notifications on it. You should, um, text as a moderator for certain sections. He gets notifications on stuff. 
Um, and then oh, we yeah, can it is go flag in this post. And we can delete a post, purge a post, delete a user, ban a user, re- report a user to a larger community of uh, sites like us that all share like a, a common. Uh, Which that we do like, all the time. Uh, yeah, spam some sort list. of common yeah spam list deal. Yep. So if, if we report one, then the next site out there, they know, hey, this is a bad IP address or a bad user, bad email address, something like that. So, but I think their big one uh, was that we don't give them a, like users a way to block each other. I'm pretty sure you can block an individual user. Mm. Like we can block somebody. But I don't think like if process head wanted to block me, I don't think there's a way for him to do that. Let's see. But I'm because gonna... it's not a social media app. Yeah, there's a block user button. All right, try and block me. I don't know if what is that gonna do? I don't wanna do it to you. Okay. I don't know. I'll block you, whatever. We'll test that off. You can't block administrators or global models. All right, we'll test this on the but, dev site somehow. Yeah. It should be fine. But all right, we'll, so then we'll if we have those two it. things, first of all, I want to get, I, it's not a social media site. It's a community, bad word. User generated content is their definition of it and what, what we have there. There's a lot of annoying things going on right now. We probably have a larger moderation team per capita than most other <laughs> uh, big tech companies yeah, that's out there that run fair. sites with user-generated content. That's probably fair. I wonder if this, like if we hit like a certain download threshold where they're like, okay, enough people are using this or if it just, they eventually got around to looking at ours. I have no idea. They don't, they don't give any information on why they got into it, but. It's depressing. Mm-hmm. It's annoying. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Every, everything's still all there. And I text, honestly you, don't. You can still install the app or install the website as an app on your phone without installing the app. Right. And it's still, it functions 99% the same. Very similarly. Yeah. Yeah. So. So you can still do that. Just sad. Yeah. Okay. We'll so that, that's the bad news. New users can't get that. Um, uh, other not awesome news, at least as far as I'm concerned, uh, bacon taste booster, uh, the version without MSG, the small package is going away. Um, we now have two sizes of the one with MSG. It is one is five pounds and one is 0.875 pounds. The 0.875 pound one does 150 pounds of meat. Um, so if you're doing smaller bellies and you want to use bacon taste booster, you're going to need a pretty good scale to divide that down. Um, not our choice. Excalibur discontinued the bacon taste booster without MSG, the one that we were currently carrying. Like all variations? No, my understanding is just the small bag. Just the small bag? Yeah, okay. Just, we might have a way around that. We're actually working on some other things that... Um, I've heard through the grapevine. Yeah. Similar scenario. So that might, that might come back. Okay. We'll see. That'd be great. I know there are other things uh, in that same vein 
that would be good to have access to smaller things about or smaller things again. I guess one of the things that is related to it, so I'll let everybody know, um, hickory smoke powder will be coming back. Yeah, that's, that's one that got axed and we can't get Excalibur to do anything on. So we are going to take care of that ourselves. Um, we're going to do it in larger quantities than one ounce at a time. The one, the one ounce bags that they came in, it, to be honest, is kind of annoying. Those bags were small. You cut them open and it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot in there. And right. They're, they're, they, they puff everywhere. So we're going to go to uh, like jars um, and we'll probably do either two or four ounces in a jar. Plastic or? Plastic. Okay. Those are the ones that I always see on your desk from time to time? Yeah. Okay. Uh, always from time to one. time doesn't really work. Similar one to that. But we got, we got some new stuff in. We're testing with it. Um, I got a little dirty. Got... Two, two, three, four ounces of hickory smoke powder all over me. <laughs> I smelled fantastic for a, for a day or so. Every time I washed my hands so stinking much and I was, I'm like, okay, we're good. And then the next time I would get anything wet on my hands at all, it would just, I would smell hickory smoke powder like crazy. Yep. It took a couple of days like to reactivate to fully, it. Yeah. To fully yeah. rinse it off. It just reactivate. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. That's pretty funny. Did your wife like the smell or no? Uh, yeah, she didn't mind it. I joked when I got home, I told her, I'm like, Hey, uh, smell me. I, I got a new clone on today. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, since we're speaking of wives, uh, process head, have you followed along with his, uh, the hog project? Some, but okay. not, not entirely. So he's, he and his buddies bought a hog and went through the full slaughter process. Like they killed it. They skinned it. They're breaking it all down. They're making product out of it really good post but he says in one of them my wife wanted to make head cheese so i saved the head i was like did your wife like that is female and head cheese are not two things that like that seems like a very either european or like guy thing like oh i want to try and make this super obscure product with so that's pretty yeah, cool that's neat okay um, all right, so we have the results are in for our big game poll. Uh, we picked eight of our favorite seasonings. We pitted them against each other. We let you guys vote on them every day. Um, there was one day where I didn't get the poll up to like noon, so that that day had significantly less vote, votes. So I think that might be the reason that one of these was as close as it was. Uh, but round one, one of them was uh, Philly Bratwurst against Willie's. Willie's won 58 to 42%. Um, then we had the Walton's Bold and Zesty Moho. Or sorry, the Bold versus the <laughs> Zesty Moho. Uh, bold won 58 to 42 again. Uh, jalapeno Popper versus Supreme Pizza. This one was super close. Uh, jalapeno Popper won by 51 to 49. And then we had the Ultimate Steak and Roast Rub versus Blue Ribbon Brat. And Ultimate Steak destroyed it 79 to 21. So then we had or, uh, Willie's versus Bold. Uh, and Willie's won 54 to 46. And we put Jalapeno Popper against Walton's Ultimate Steak and Roast Rub. Ultimate Steak and Roast Rub dominated that one 62 to 38. And our final was Willie's against Ultimate. And Ultimate destroyed Willie's at 72 to 28. So I take that as ultimate steak and roast rub is clearly everybody's favorite seasoning that we have. You know, it makes sense because, you know, sausage seasoning, jerky seasoning, you can only do so much with it. Willie's you can do, or sorry, Walton's ultimate, you can do pretty much anything with. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've used it on salads before, so. Yeah. 
Not I, that I eat a lot. I do use a lot of that. Like, even though, like I talk about like at times like, oh, I've, I've been using a lot of mojo, mojo on this or, or firecracker on this yeah. or the sweet and sassy garlic. Um, I still use, or even uh, Mexicali taco. I use a lot. My wife Mexicali was using taco. a lot of that for a time being, but for a time. I still go through so much more steak and roast rub. It's insane. I actually, um, I have two shakers in my backpack to go home today <laughs> that, uh, my wife is cooking roast today and she used the last bit. So she needs more. We need, I need to season it before we eat still. Um, but I didn't even look, we're actually out of stock on those. Um, on what I forgot. We had a issue Walton's ultimate. Really? Yeah. So we'll have more in soon, but, uh, the warehouse just happened to be off by three shakers. So <laughs> <laughs> those were we, yours. We have zero left, but I didn't even know at the time I went back there and I'm like, where is this supposed to be? There's, there should be a huge area for it. Cause we get, we get that, we get a ton of that in at a time. And then I'm, I'm looking at, it, I can't find it. I find one <sighs> little box and there's three shakers in it. I pull up inventory on my phone and I'm like, Oh, we're at, we're at like negative 200 right now. Cause we've, we've sold. So technically I probably stole those from somebody cause they could have filled an order. Sorry about that guys. My wife is hey, cooking roast. So you I'm could have taken that one in prioritizing the back. her. You're prioritizing you really is what that is. Oh no. It's my wife. Okay. My wife. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, continuing on with Doomcast episode, uh, I have this listed as tinfoil hat time. Um, so sort of, but obviously not as well. Uh, so what I have is obviously, hopefully everybody at this point has heard of the train derailment in Palestine, Palestine, Ohio, however you say it. East Palestine. Oh, is it East, East Palestine? Palestine? Well, whatever. Like like uh, it happened on February 3rd, which is crazy because this is the 15th and the first, even I heard about it. And I like to think I'm a lot more switched on to these things than the average person was last Thursday. So that's the 9th. So six days went by before anyone picked up this story at all. And when you see the videos coming out of there, that's unbelievable that it wasn't a headline story. Um, basically, 38 rail cars, there were 50 cars, 38 of them got derailed. Um, and because of, it seems like mislabeling, these rail cars weren't considered a danger, so they didn't notify Ohio that there was a dangerous load coming through. Uh, so the timeline, February 3rd, train derails. February 5th, two days later, they issue an order to evacuate to everyone within like, I think it was three miles, okay? February 6th, to prevent a possible explosion, the chemicals were released and then ignited. Now, I really hope whoever made that call had all their ducks in a row. Yeah. like. That had to have been a very pressure-filled decision because there are there are no good decisions there. I mean, the reason that they, they released it was it was building up pressure within the cars and they were worried about an explosion. So you have one of those things that explodes. It's going to ignite anyways, plus it's going to throw shrapnel everywhere. I mean, didn't miles. They, yeah, didn't they order to evacuate though? Yeah. I'm still going to destroy a ton of things. Yeah. But what? they also just released a whole ton of acid into the air. That, so that's one of the things concern. that I heard later, and I don't have any research to back this portion up, but the reason that they burnt it is because they were worried about the evaporation. 
when it evaporated up, they could, it could possibly create acid rain. However, burning it made it so whatever it converts it in, you know, whatever form where it won't actually bond with water and create acid rain. I don't know if that's true or not. I really hope that burning it was the right decision because man, does that seem like a bad decision to me? I mean, you, you're supposed to have FEMA. You're supposed to have ways to clean up spills and messes. And you're telling me that the best decision really was, Hey, light it on fire. That sounds like something an idiot kid would do to hide, you know, that they <laughs> crash their dad's car. They're like, Oh no, burn it and pretend it was stolen. Yeah. Like that does not sound like the smart thing to do. So then on February 8th, the evac order was lifted um, after air and water samples were taken within a one mile radius and showed it as safe. Um, From reports, uh, I don't know how they got the number of 3,500 fish showing up dead, but that's the number they're reporting. Uh, There's one video of some lady who had chickens uh, in her backyard and they started exhibiting sickness and died quickly. Um, there's a fox rescue locally that the foxes are getting sick and dying. So if you're in that area and have pets, children, uh, there are also reports of like children with severe upper respiratory issues, coughing, red eyes. Um, if you're in that area and you have any way to go somewhere else for a while, I would highly recommend that. Uh, environmental activist Aaron Brockovich, not a bad movie, by the way. Have you ever seen it, Aaron Brockovich? Mm-hmm. She's not a lawyer anymore. I, I don't. She never was. She was never actually a lawyer. Well, she was, secretary, she was she a, got her own practice after. Did you just stop reading about her after the movie? Yes. Why would I? So she became a lawyer after. I can't confirm nor deny. I don't that. think you can have a practice unless you're a lawyer. Anyways, neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> Wait, is that the same person? Yeah. Uh, criticized the EPA and state lawmakers for telling people it was safe to return to their homes and at the same time sending a legal notice to the rail operator over the threat of environmental contamination. This is why people don't trust the government, she tweeted on Monday. You cannot tell people that there has been and continues to be hazardous pollutants contaminating the environment while at the same time saying all is well. Um, yeah. yeah. Makes me nervous for the, the people that live in the area. Um, the animals and environment, the hunting activities in yep, the area. Absolutely. What's that going to do for yep. general yep. conservation movements around there? The reason um, the pets and the uh, chickens, they're vinyl chloride settles. It could be on the surface right now. We wouldn't be able to tell just by looking at it. Everything has to be cleaned, but it settles down. So things that are lower to the ground and are eating things off the ground are going to experience problems first. They're obviously also way smaller than us, so lesser amounts would would harm them. The smartest thing I saw was one of these sheriffs saying, go to your doctor now and get your your, uh, physical health records so that you have a starting point and understand, like, you know, they can't say, oh, well, you already had leukemia markers or whatever. All right, so that's one. Then we have the Arizona uh, highway leak. It's on I-10, it released liquid nitric acid shut down the highway and forced evacuations they also told everyone to turn off their ac to prevent letting it into your home and issued shelter in place orders now worse that works worse news for that is nitric acid is used for fertilizer so we've got 
the war in Ukraine and Russia, and we buy billions of dollars of fertilizer from Russia, and that's gone. Now we have this spill. Um, the official story on that one was uh, just the uh, the car or the truck flipped over, and the train was a broken axle. But why would we trust that? I mean, at some point, somebody's got to start looking around and going, "Hey." Uh, and people are still shooting at power stations. That is still going on. Why? Why do people? Why? Because they're terrorists. That's a terroristic activity. That's an eco terrorist who's just decided I'm going to go ahead and do what I've always wanted to do and send everyone back to the dark age. Keep, now, keep these people away from rural America, and so they don't go out and just start shooting see. cows and 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 destroying fields and things like that. I have to tell you, these people, like I didn't know any eco-terrorists, but I knew people who were very progressive and, you know, thought that fat or farming was wrong and not farming necessarily, but like meat was wrong, things like that. They have no, they have no frame of reference for what rural Americans are actually like. I think they think they would go there and do whatever they want, would when which what would actually happen is they'll all get shot. <laughs> like you show up on somebody's farm or land and start messing around, you're dead. They're going to protect their property, their life. Like they don't un we're so disconnected. They have no idea. Mm -hmm. So please do not do that. That is a terrible idea. All right, now back to the Palestine, East Palestine. Here's a map of the US. So Palestine's 100 miles like due west of Columbus, Ohio. Now, there's a tributary of the Ohio that runs right through there. What does the Ohio connect to? The Mississippi. Now, it's even worse than that because right around here, it splits. And this half of it goes down into the Virginias and the South or North and South Carolina. So if we contaminate, if those water sources are really that badly contaminated, what are we doing about a month? We could plant. We could be really yeah, we could, in for hurting for livestock and crops and people's drinking water and yep. stuff. Yeah. This I mean, I'm I know over the last two or three years, what two years, I've kind of chicken little it a few times. But if this is as bad as it kind of seems like it is. This could be an enormous event in our lifetimes. This could be something where like, hey, I remember where I was when I heard about the East Palestine train derailment. Except it's going to be a, I remember when I heard two weeks two after weeks it after. happened. Right. How does that happen? <laughs> Media, know. where are you on these stories? Now, there was a bunch early on, uh, Marjorie Taylor, Taylor Greene, she did something about... People are trying to expose the truth and getting arrested. No, there was an idiot journalist who was being loud and obnoxious while the, I think it was the governor was trying to speak. Like he wouldn't shut up. He was trying to do his own little live stream in the same room. And they're like, hey, and then he became belligerent. So that was not, you know, they didn't try and arrest him for getting to the truth. Hate that we have to take these already dramatic stories and make them even more salacious. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, like I said, grab water and go somewhere if you can. Also, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's <laughs> if you're in that area, 
a mask is a good idea. Is it really going to help? It, yes. Really? Yeah, absolutely. One of those 3M masks. Really? Yep. Okay. Yep. It, they are. They said they're fine enough. Uh, no, their filtration on them is good enough to filter out uh, most of these particulates. Now, it's not going to stop it from getting on your skin or anything, but I'd rather have yeah. anything on my skin than in my lungs. Yeah. All right. Now, Doomcast is done. We'll move on to some uh, meat gistics, meat matter stuff. What, do you have something else? No, I'm just looking at, I don't know if Doomcast is done. The first two articles you have are about plant-based meat. Yeah, but that's not really Doomcast. Okay. So it says groceries can save plant-based meat. This is from the takeout. Uh, Plant-based meat proponents have argued for years that separate is not equal in the case of meatless products, but it may be too late for the debate to have any impact. So no, any store that does this and puts the fake meat in with the rest of the meat, I will not shop there. That will be crossing a line. I if, if Dylan's does it, I'm done shopping at Dylan's. Well, they put it right next to it. Not right next to it. At Dylan's, it's down from it. Uh, you sure about that? Yep. Okay. I can take you to Dylan's right now. The whole meat is from right to left. It is. As you're saying that, I was like, we need to do like a live podcast from Dylan's, just walking through. I'm pretty sure we get kicked out. No, 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 no. We're just talking. We're having a conversation. Just. Well, yeah. What's crazy about that? Would we let somebody come in and do a podcast here? Wait, dude, if, this is different. This is a place of business. If you're doing <laughs> audio only, you could probably get away with it because you can, in Kansas, it's legal for a single party consent to record, record audio, but video being a yeah, place of business, they can tell you, they can tell you no for sure. But audio, can they do that on that? I, don't I know. used to run and gun a lot of stuff at stores. So you just kind of, and that sounds like I'm stealing stuff. Sure. No, 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 no. But like I, you know, being a camera guy myself, I would. We were just talking about this earlier. Just try to find funny moments and then like make a narrative at it later. We could do that again. I'm just an adult now. It'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> he wants to do it yeah. is why he wants this. Sounds time. great. Or we could just get Dylan's to sponsor our podcast. Nah. No. I don't like that idea. Fine. I like being able to talk badly about them if I want. We'll go to all these or we'll go to know. one of those new. Hey, how about when those new places come in where no one works at them, we could do it then. Right. Like what? the Am the Amazon type stores. Oh, oh, the oh. employee. Oh, I don't think that's employee list. I think it's just checkout list. But you that's are right. Good, that's a good point. How does the food get there? That, right. <laughs> that would be an easier way to do it. Okay, but no, from right to left, it is ground turkey, ground chicken. Then we get into chicken cutlets. Then we get into ground beef, and then it's cuts of beef, and then it's cuts of pork. And then it's their pre-made sausage. There's no fake meat in there. Okay. Fake meat, fake meat is down. What is it I, in then? It's so uh, you go through uh, the bacon or bacon section, then like the cheese, the deli cut and then cheese section. And it's in between those two. And I only know this because there was one uh, vegan sausage that my wife always liked. So I'd always look there for it. Um, and feel super weird about doing it too. I'd be like looking around, <laughs> putting it in the cart. I'm like, this isn't for me. i like talking loud. Like, oh, my wife loves this vegan sausage. You know what I just realized? Uh, I Maybe some of it's just I don't go to the store 
I really don't go to the store much anymore. Okay. But you and I used to like go back and forth over who would get recognized like out in public, someone knowing Waltons or Meat Justics and be like, oh, it's John or oh, it's Austin. Right. Um, have you had anybody do that lately? Because yeah. I'm always worried when I'm in like the meat department that, yeah, <laughs> someone's going to see me <laughs> that, that knows who I am, but I don't know them and I'm going to be silently judged over what I'm buying. I had the guy at the... Um the shooting range, but I've met him before. Um, I had a guy in Dillon's uh, a couple months ago and a guy in Walmart uh, a few months ago. So luck I don't know if it's luckily or not, just tends to be where I am. It's been in the meat aisle. So. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, all right. I don't even know how to say this. Veganary? Veganuary. Veganuary. I hate that. Sales slump for meat alternatives. <laughs> laugh out loud. Um, that makes me so happy. So we talked about it a while ago, Veganuary, them trying to take World Carnivore Month and make it their own thing because they can't let us have everything and just needed to destroy and twist everything to their own benefit. Um, but sales of meat alternatives dropped back to the previous year during Veganuary, both in terms of volume and value. Volume of sales were back by 12.9% based on the first three weeks of 2023. During the period, only 13.7% of households have bought meat-free products, while 96.4% have purchased meat, fish, or poultry products. So good job, Americans. I think that just goes to show, too, that I think a lot of what people are buying on the, the meat-free products is is still just like curiosity and trying testing something out because if you're really concerned and like that's a drive like you're i'm, I'm not gonna buy meat anymore i'm gonna buy meat free i'm gonna buy x y or z brand but wouldn't you stop buying meat entirely then yes so 96.4 percent of households are still buying meat so that means there's only what 3.6 percent so that's 10 percent of the people that are buying the meat free products well, 10% of the total, but that's, I mean, a huge percentage of that total. I can't do math. But they're all... The, 80% or something. The 96.4% have bought something that's considered meat. That doesn't even mean the rest of them are vegan. It just means that they didn't buy... Like, that just might be people who can't afford to eat meat right now. Right? Well, that stuff's more expensive than meat is. Right. So, they're not buying that. I'm well, saying yeah. they're buying cereal or whatever junk food oh, okay. those people yeah, eat. Yeah. Well, that's... Hey, speaking of uh, veganism, <laughs> where are we? Oh, I will pick a date at some point. It's got to be coming up somewhat uh, soon or this is going to turn into another <laughs> princess button thing and you're just never going to do it. Um, I started doing a little bit of research um, as to what I was going to like do for meals and stuff. And... Um, I got an ad for something called uh, Huel. Oh, no, you're say. on the lists. <laughs> Huel. Yeah. No idea what it is, but it's like a, it's like smoothies and it's like meal replacement type thing. So I got to figure out, I think I'm going to buy some of that. I got to figure out which one because then I can, I feel like that can't be horrible. I will warn you, every vegan protein my wife has tried tastes like, a mixture of chalk and grass. 
See, but a lot of times people, when they talk about like protein shakes and stuff being chalky, I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's weird, but I'm I, with you on the chalk. Yeah. I like what? that. Yeah. Some I, 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 wanna, like, I don't want to overly indulge. I kind of need something to peel me back from like the, the sweetness of a, of a protein bar, maybe so. It's okay. Not, it's yeah. not preferred, but I just know okay. my, I need my limits. Okay. And that's not your reason though. I don't, I, I don't know. I like the texture <laughs> of it. Okay. Like, <laughs> it's like. I've uh, never heard that before and to be confronted with two people saying that. I, so, I'm thinking this next level though. It's like when uh, he's going to start this vegan diet. And I think each episode we do a bit where like, he's like, you know, I just decided to wear like kind of like loose fitting pants today. And then like, he'll throw up a, you know, like a, 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 a thong flip flop or whatever on his shoe. He goes, you know what? And then he's like, then he has like a peace medallion. Slowly becoming more Slowly of a becoming, hippie. And he's like, oh, sorry, my yoga ran long. You know? <laughs> he, so he comes in here each week or he's got green drink or something all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. That'd be I like the best. it. Yeah. I like it. Oh, wow. All right. So Huel is going to be a, seems like it'll be a part of it. Yep, that'll probably either be morning star, a, a breakfast, or a night snack. Okay, I don't know. And then, yeah, oh, I gotta get something like the morning star crumbles, something for like my main meat deal. I was looking through cheese stuff the other day because um, there is vegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not cheese, right? Because it's gonna drive me nuts. But I, I have to have something that's close. I I eat so much cheese, I can't go without. There's also there, but. a uh, buffalo like chicken tender from Morningstar that's not terrible. Don't try the bacon. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's just not worth it. It literally tastes like cardboard. Okay. So don't do that. I need to just, if, if I just order the stuff, I'll try to do that tonight or tomorrow. If I do that, I should, I would think I'd have it within two or three days and I can figure out the rest of the stuff. Maybe tentatively plan for starting next Wednesday. Okay. Sounds we'll good see. to me. Okay. Uh, cattle markets building momentum from Beef Magazine. So finally, some good news uh, for this industry. Maybe not good news for me, but good news for the industry. Uh, Oklahoma auction prices for feeder cattle jumped sharply last week, despite larger auction volumes following weather-reduced volumes the previous two weeks. Fed prices appeared to pick up strength at the end of last week, and boxed beef prices increased at the end of the week. Both fed cattle and boxed beef are poised to move higher as supply fundamentals tighten. Cull cow prices have advanced each week so far this year and are expected to continue very strong with decreased cow. Oh, I, there was two <laughs> words left in that. There's two <laughs> words left in that with decreased cow slaughter ahead. So no, I was really proud of myself how I was getting through that. I'm like, I'm doing good. I feel like this is back to teleprompter days. If you screw up one thing, you got to start from the beginning. <laughs> teleprompter days were the worst. We're never going back to that. I'd rather make Patrick sit in here for an extra half hour than do that again. <laughs> All right. So beef production is expected to decrease year over year going forward as cattle slaughter drops. Steer and heifer carcass weights are currently below year ago levels in part to the previous winter weather. So the good news is hopefully ranchers will start, get, start getting more money for what they do have left. Um, the bad news is reduced supply and increased prices is going to be passed on to us. What I think remains to be seen and I think is going to be maybe the most interesting part of it is where's that supply drop going to affect the most? Is it going to affect the big four packers or is it going to affect the 
very small to small to medium sized guy out there because there's there's a lot lot of new very small to small plants out across the country over the past two three three years now yeah um like there's there's a ton so there's a ton more out there but that amount of production doesn't really even do a whole lot when you look at the like the big four producers so um even though there's a lot of a lot of new small guys if there's if there is like a drop in available cattle the a drop in the amount that's getting processed even the tiniest little bit could really hurt the big a guys. ton of small guys right it, it to be honest the big guys they're probably not even gonna notice they'll raise prices and they'll make up for it um they're 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 still gonna hit they still need to hit x number of dollars that they have in their projection i think prices will just go up to cover the amount that they decrease um yeah but what's going to happen so you've got this huge facility and you can't get enough cattle in to process it to fill the lines you're going to start laying people off I mean, it's going to hurt their bottom dollar too. Yeah, I mean, they don't run at 100% capacity every day. No, but if it, if the cattle herd really is as depleted as it seems they're indicating it is, the I mean, mom and pop, if they bring in 5% less cattle a year, that's okay, maybe we don't buy a new truck this year. If JBS brings in 5% less beef a year, that sends shockwaves... Well, yeah, the but, global beef supply. Yeah, but say there's a five, if there's a five percent overall reduction, a five percent overall reduction would kill thousands of small meat processors across the country if it was just affected to them. If a five percent reduction on the four big packers, mm-hmm. yeah, there's going to be some consequences and prices are going to go up. But at the end of the day, it's not going to shut any of them down. They're going to raise prices and make the amount of money they need to make because that 5% to them is still, I mean, it's still a lot, but they control 80 plus percent of the market. Whereas 5% is the amount, the amount of small processors it takes to equal 5% of the total market is an astronomical. Okay. I, I see how you're looking at it, but instead look at it like this. No, I, I do see how you're looking at it. How, here's how I was looking at it. Jim's awesome beef is going to do 5% less than they did the year before since they were at capacity. But that's not how it will work. Yeah, so uh, 5% of 20% is only 1%. So if, if every small processor, the 20% of the market out there that's not the big four, which includes medium-sized guys too, right. which are still big. still big, Yeah. That's a 5% drop for all of them of their volume is still only 1% of, of the overall everything. market. Yeah. So they would have to have a very substantial drop. So that's where I'm asking, like, where is this drop going to come from? Is it is it going to come from the big four or is it going to come from the small processors out there? You have to hope it's the big four because of all the money that has been dumped into those small plants. Or not dumped. The government has given in grants. Yeah. I can't even say that anymore because of the tax that the government has loaned, basically. Well, some some of it was given, some of it was loaned. It just depends, but yeah. there's been a lot of both. But anyways, the ranchers for once might actually make out from this. So good news for at least somebody. All right. Producers eliminate fungicide and in, insecticide use or cut fertilizer by 50%. So what happens? Basically... 
They went to no-till, adding biologicals, which is, you know, your sheep, your cow, whatever, to the field. So it's regenerative farming. Um, and they increased in both customer satisfaction, production, and just overall soil health. So I just have a couple of questions and answers from this. Uh, basically, they, they pulled a bunch of farmers who were doing this. He's being very loud off the scene today. He opened the freezer. He's knocking things. Is that what happened? Like, did you have noise canceling headphones on and they pulled off you? Oh. More fun my way. All right. Since implementing these practices, what changes have you seen in your soil? Uh, Cotter, who's one of the guys they pulled, says, our weed pressure went down right away. And that's how I fell into organic so quickly. The water infiltration shot up and the biodiversity with worms was seen within the first growing season. So what's one of the things you wish conventional producers knew about soil biology? Gibbs, who's another one, says fungicide isn't helpful. Killing good and bad fun, he says fungi, but I don't, just whatever, uh, isn't helpful to soil or crops. Now, we've all seen the ridiculous stats of how much of our soil is made up of fungi, and I think it's something like 45%. It is an absolutely huge amount. Um, on the same question, Another guy says, killing all soil life makes your crops more susceptible to insects and disease. They're looking for the weak, easy target. Fields with good and bad predators will create an equilibrium that works on its own without our help. So I think like our fifth or sixth meatistic episode was me looking into regenerative farming more. And it, I keep seeing more and more and more about it. And I'm really excited for it because I do think that's going to be what is more the norm as we, I don't know, as we go forward. <clears throat> All right, what knowledge have you obtained through this process that you wish you would have known right out of the gate? Gibbs says, finding ecological harmony by reintroducing insects like bees is key. Somebody's name who is Teach Out, which sounds like just the end of this article, like Teach Out. This was the Teach Out of it. No? I thought it was funny. I don't know. Uh, water infiltration possibilities with regen would have been nice to know. We the NRCS come out to test years ago. They poured water on our soil to mirror five-inch rain in two minutes. Our soil held every drop of that rain. That's amazing. That's cool. Because runoff is obviously an absolutely huge issue for them. I wish my yard would do that. <laughs> <laughs> my lawn is so dead. Mine is extra dead this dead. winter. It, I, there's huge portions of it that are not coming back. Mine will come back, but this is probably the worst year in a while for how dormant it's gone. Um, I don't, I don't know what the reason is behind that because I don't feel like we've had that hard of a winter. No, it's but been like, weird. There was one day I was walking on it, and I was it wasn't frosty, but it felt like I was walking on gra or glass, like it was snapping the blades. I'm like, well, that's not good. And now I just have like large, like kind of like, it looks like a uh, thatch. Just that's what it looks like. It doesn't look like grass with thatch underneath. It just looks like thatch. I wonder, is some of it just, just the general dryness lately? We haven't had Jack for snow. Um, we're supposed to get some snow tonight. It's supposed yeah. to get like two inches maybe. Hopefully. I got cold out. Yeah. I bought a new snow, snow blower. I still haven't got to use, so I'm kind of hoping it's not. I don't think you're going to get any <laughs> use out of that. Speaking of things we've bought that have done us no good, I bought uh, that metal detector. 
I've now looked for my ring four times and cannot find it. Really? I have to stop people as they walk by. I haven't stopped a car yet and explain what I'm doing because I don't want them thinking that I'm looking for buried treasure <laughs> in the side of my yard. I'm like, no, no, no. I lost my ring years ago. It's somewhere here. Does it like, find the okay, type of John. metal your yes. ring was? Yep. Okay. yep. I made sure it was uh, tungsten carbide um, and it will find. said that there, there's not enough uh carbon in it to throw off like the magnetic field of the tungsten. So it does find it. It would show up as gold. Here's the thing. Like it's found a couple of places that say it's gold, but they all say it's like four shovels deep. I don't know what that equates to, but that seems deep. I'm I'm willing to come over and help you dig four Don't you think it deep. would be right on the top? Like why would it go oh, down? I mean, it's going to go down. But but how I mean, much? Maybe like a, a few much? inches, right? Like it can't be like yeah, like several shovels. Yeah, deep. thinking like max a shovel, max, max. So I didn't bother digging for anything that was more than a shovel deep. I take that back though. I think you probably go down like six to ten feet. I bet it could. <laughs> I think you should you dig, just dig every one so of those. Here's holes the out. problem: my front yard gets so dry that we get cracks in it. And if it made it into one of those, oh, then it could be. Here's another problem: we have pack rats. Ooh. Did you know that pack rats are actually a thing? I had no idea that pack rats are an actual thing. Pack it, rats. It, it, it's yeah. I kind of assumed it was like a slang for just a rat that will steal shiny objects. Oh, really? Yes. So yeah, maybe an animal stole somebody it. might like a rat may have literally been like, Oh, shiny take. Yeah. So I might never find it. Also where I walk my dogs, there's this one section where there is uh, an old foundation of a house and like, 50 feet away, there is an unbelievably thick portion of uh, prickers. And I think there's something under there that somebody buried <laughs> underneath and then planted on top. <laughs> That's why my hands are all messed up because my dogs refused to follow me where I was going, but they wouldn't go back either. So I had to reach in and pull a bunch of pricker bushes apart so that they could come through. <laughs> They're such sissies. They are such sissies. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, Opinion. Don't let a powerful company chart ag's course. This is from the Des Moines Register. So Elliot Grant, the CEO of Mineral, a new ag tech company of Alphabet, which is who owns Google, says, if agriculture is so important, why isn't it getting the best tech? The real question should be, since, agri <laughs> since agriculture is so important, why are we leaving its future up to a few powerful companies? That's a great question and a great rephrasing of what that guy was trying to say. Uh, in 2020, the CEO of an Iowa farm member cooperative told farmers that the data would soon be more valuable than the crops they produced. With the price of crops determined through a global market without reflecting the cost to produce the crops, this may not be a huge leap. That's insane to me that their mm -hmm. data might be more valuable than their crops. I, that makes no sense. Right? Makes no sense. It's all speculation. It can't be more valuable because if you didn't have it, you could still grow crops. Maybe it wouldn't be as effective, but maybe it provides better efficiencies and stuff. But the only way I can see it is if the data is also used for useful for something else that we're not aware of. Yeah. That's the only thing I can come up with. Are they, yeah, cross selling it to people in other countries? Like it's not just applicable to like a single plot of land here. It's like, or the are they mod are they using that data to model other things like weather patterns for climate change studies? I I have I no know. idea, but it does not make any sense to me that their data be more valuable than their crops. Um, but 
Google is getting into this and they need to not be involved in this. At, at what point do we just put our foot down and go, hey, no, you're already doing enough things. You don't get involved in anything else. Like at some point, I think a, a social media company gets to a point where I'm fine with it being somewhat government regulated. Like, hey, you own what is now the town square where everybody meets to discuss ideas and have their conversations. You're no longer able to just say, this is our company, company policy. No, now you have to abide by the First Amendment. People have to be allowed to say what they want to say. And you know why that happened? Once politicians started using that as a major point or a major place to give out their viewpoints and discuss things, as soon as that started happening, immediately we should have come in and gone, okay, nope, First Amendment applies to all of this. Yeah, but we're going Getting into just some, agree with some, me. some weeds. Just but, agree with me and move on. But th this relates to the very first thing we talked about in the podcast. I is, get it. Is the Majestics app being taken out of the Google Play Store because they claim that it wasn't. Ba basically, in my opinion, is um, what it means is it, your, the user generated content has to be moderated and people can't say what they want. And so, that, I mean, that's ultimately the deal is I think there's a lot of different people, company things out there that they want to control. Uh, yeah, the speech behind things and different avenues and different ways that that actually um, uh, shows itself. But in the Majestics app, it's just they don't like that people can get onto Majestics and say whatever they want and use their First Amendment right to just say what's on their mind. Okay, I've got a, I've got something that separates us from all of them. We use no algorithm to promote or demote anything. It's either random, most popular, which is just most viewed, or unread, yeah. or recent. Mm, yeah, we don't have some algorithm that deranks somebody because they use the word forum. I mean, we should. We should do that one. We do censor the word forum. We do censor yeah. the word forum. Uh, but yeah, could, I, it, but it, that that's that's what they that's what they want us to do with the Majestics app, though. Is they want us to censor things? Yeah. Not going to do it. I think, yeah. At the, more, the more I think about it, the more I think I'm just going to refuse and we're just not going to do anything else with the app. But Absolutely We'll not. see. People could change my mind. If everyone out there is just like, no, we want it, we want it, um, I would probably change my mind. I, I'm going to be a people person probably in this scenario. And if there's enough of a demand, I'll Yeah, so that's a good thing. But. Give us, uh, we'll try and include this in the post on Meatistics. Let us know if you would prefer... Uh, to give us the absolute right to censor everything that you say, both on and off Meatgistics, if it would give you a Meatgistics app um, or not. He missed the fact that I said on or off Meatgistics. I heard you. Oh, okay, I did hear it. <laughs> uh, all right, so we have the uh, letter from them. If we, we could post this in the post if we want, but we don't need to cover all that, right? Uh, we might post part of it, not the whole thing, though. We'll censor. Yeah. There you go. They're teaching us how to censor. I mean, it's just it's just long and unnecessary. But all right. I don't know. We'll post something of it at least. Sounds good. Is that all we have for today? Oh, no. We do have uh, one more thing, which is maybe the most interesting fact I have learned while researching anything for this podcast. You're reading it now, so I can't ask you.
But no. would you have? Ge- yes. No. Yes. No. That's unbelievable, right? I don't believe it. All right. I don't. What is the most commonly shoplifted item? Number one, meat. Seriously, never would have guessed meat. But apparently, in the past several years, meat has often emerged as the top item so- stolen from stores. As regular shoppers and kleptomaniacs alike feel the urge to slide a steak into their coat pocket, most meat thieves go for the higher end products such as filet mignon or lamb chops. I don't understand. Like, right? So many other things you could steal. Like, I just can't wrap my head around that. The second one on the list makes absolute 100% sense. It's simple. It's easy. It's small. It's very expensive. Razors. I see that. They're, that's that's why so many different razor companies have popped up over the past 10 years is because the two that were out there, uh, Gillette and whoever. I forget the other one. Yeah, there was two that you, you bought from them and they would come out with a new razor and it had a new gimmick. And there's another, another one, a new gimmick every year. And it's buying more, more, Listen. more expensive. And then people were like, we can do this. They still charge high prices. The Mach 3 was revolutionary. Yeah. When it came out, first time I shaved with it, I was like, oh my, it's so much better. But I have super sensitive neck skin. So I would have to use like a new razor almost every time or I'd get razor bumps. So I just went to the trimmers i never actually shave anymore really ever interesting i just let it grow and then do you want go home razor no i don't like those then i go home at wednesdays on lunch and shave off my whiskers with uh just the clippers and that's it we're getting way off topic but if i gave you one would you try no i've tried them before okay i I have like like a because i i I have ones that i I bought i had my in, in my head pun intended that i was going to do my whole head with uh electric razor i bought like like the the brawn 9900 like no one that go, no okay. no but it was like it was like a 350 dollar razor because oh. i was like i'm gonna use this every day i'm never gonna have to buy replacement like <laughs> razor things so i'm gonna over the course of a year or two it'll be it'll pay for it i got it you tried to use it for like two or three months and just it, it does yeah, they don't do a good job uh, at least not on my face if it was just a beard i could do do okay with it but not my whole head yeah. too much real estate can't do it Sounds fair. All right. So now you know that meat is the most stolen thing. And I wonder if things like when they stole the million dollars of meat through the uh, trailers. Do you remember that story? Mm -hmm. I wonder if that factors into it. Maybe. Probably not, though. I don't know. I don't know. That's just absolutely fascinating. I guess this means I'm going to go try to steal some steak from Dylan's tonight. Unless, Good luck unless with that. they sponsor our podcast. They definitely don't. <laughs> no, we don't condone stealing. Please don't do it. Definitely don't steal. Thanks for checking out the Meat Logistics Podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to Waltons.com. To get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at MeatGistics.com. Waltons, everything but the meat.